Good morning and welcome once again. You're listening to the Anchor Baptist Podcast, coming to you live, recorded here at Anchor Baptist here in Lake City, Florida. This is uh, Season 4, Episode 26. Glad to have y'all here today. And uh, we've been looking at our current events, been looking at purpose, and looking at God's truth. Had some interesting things happen in the Supreme Court this week. We've uh, overturned Roe versus Wade, changing the federal stance on abortion. We see it's caused much demise. We see there's much debate, riots. People are very disappointed. We have political leaders that are being very outspoken about the results. And of course, any time that we have a win in God's favor, we, the world is going to try to turn it around and deem it as a, a loss. And I'll be curious to see how things play out over the, the next little bit. and We already see that they're, you're using it to trying to, to spin the loss to point blame and try to make one side look like it's taking something from the other. That, it, that one side's causing the problem and it's trying to hurt everyone. Trying to use it as a, a political weapon. And talking about all the things that could happen and might happen and as a result of this and they keep telling us that you have to join this side. If you come to our side, do our, our side, agree with us, and it makes you a better person. Because if you side with them, then it makes you a bad person, that you believe in bad things, that you believe in, in all these different things. And that's simply just not the case. That's why it's so important now more than ever that we filter everything through God. You know, as I say those words, and as some people would hear me today, they would think that I'm, I'm foolish. They think that religion in general is foolish, and to have faith is a fool's game. Now here we are, we're wasting our time gathering every Sunday and singing praises, and that we're praying to something that we cannot see. And we're believing the impossible. And people think that's ridiculous. They think it's foolish. And we lose credibility. We lose ability because of this envision. Of course, that is what Satan wants, us, wants to happen. He wants us to have the illusion of God just totally distorted. He wants us not to operate in faith. He wants us to only believe what's in front of us and take that as a cold, hard fact. But the fact is, if we're going to be believers, we have to be different. And then when we talk about religion, we talk about faith, we talk about God, it's really just say, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's crazy to believe in sort of things. You can't see it. Science doesn't back it. There's, there's nothing about it that makes any sense. You're just ridiculous. But you know, people, we've been doing ridiculous things and we still do it today. And we're going to look at one of those things 
today. 1 Timothy 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some covered after, and they have erred from faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We all have a, a need for money because this is how we get the, the things in life we need. You know, we come from a, a system was supposed to be where we'd have everything provided to us by God. And we, as a man, messed that up, turned it over to Satan, invited sin into the world. And now we have to for work for all these things. And man came up with the, the concept of money. Notice I said man, not God. Man, money is strictly a man-invented system. God's idea is, I am your source. I provide everything you need. But with man, we have this, this thing that we can turn anything. You know, think about it. Money can be turned into anything that we need. If we need medical attention, we give them money. If we need shelter, we give them money. They build us a house. If we need food, we go to the grocery store, we give them money, and we receive food. And electricity and fuel and everything else that we need in our lives is fueled by money. And not only that, but the things that we want as well. Money gives us power. Money gives us influence. Money opens up doors. Money can squash our enemies. So we see that it can be that love, that lust for money can be the root of all evil because it's intertwined with everything. God has no problem with us having money and having these things. But he does have a problem when it becomes the focus of our lives. And we, we see that. We see that so much. But we also, let's talk about some of the foolish things that we do. Let's look at our, our money system. You know, we're based on the, the gold system. So, in a nutshell... We have gold. And someone decided somewhere along the way that, that gold was valuable. And if I asked you that today, you would say, well, yeah, gold is valuable. It costs a lot. If you buy a gold ring, if you buy a gold necklace, if you buy a, a, have a bar of gold, it's worth money. But in reality, what is its purpose? Let's say we're going to clean out our, our closet. Let's say we're going to have a yard sale. We're, we're going to clean out a shed. We're going to go through things. And when we do, we look at whether we're going to keep it or we're going to move it on. Whether we're going to sell it, we're going to throw it away, we're going to give it away, we're going to donate it. It's either we keep it or we get rid of it. That comes down, that's our sorting process when it comes to anything that we're going through. And when we get to that point... 
what we paid for it, what it's worth, a lot of times that doesn't factor in a whole lot. It boils down to, do we need it? Does it serve a purpose? If we have a, a mink coat that's hanging in our closet, it might look nice, but if it's three sizes too small, you're not going to be able to wear it. You're not going to be able to use it. So all it's doing is, is occupying space. You ain't going to take it out and show it to people because what good does it do to have a coat that doesn't fit? So it might be worth something. It might have value. You may have paid lots of money for it, but it serves no purpose. So it's got to go. When we come to the problems of hoarding is when we can't make these determinations and we feel that we put a, a value on everything because, oh, there's always that I might need it one day. Well, I might lose weight. I might gain weight. I might find a purpose for this. And it all comes down to that fear that we receive from the curse about not having enough. So we keep a purpose. So back to our, our gold analogy. You know, they found some gold and dug it up. And it's like, oh, it's pretty, it's shiny. It's rare. It's hard to come by. So it must be valuable. But you know, in our, our modern world today, gold really doesn't have a lot of practical purpose. There's a few things. It's a good conductor. So we use it in a few electronical applications to jump circuits, conduct electricity, like in speakers and stuff like that. Uh, that's one purpose. But not many of us is, is doing that. There's other ways that we can do it. It's not a necessity. And we use it for decoration. We make rings. We make pendants. We make necklaces. We make earrings. We adorn our body with it because it's pretty, because it's shiny. And when people see it, we recognize it for what it is. And with it, it carries status. It's a show of, of wealth. You know, as time and traditions and things change, so does this. You know, now we have, we have rose gold. We have white gold. We have platinum. Silver goes in and out of of, of popularity but we have these precious metals and we make things out of them to adorn and it's strictly all just for show it's really really no practical value you know uh, if we was faced in an apocalyptic situation. I do a lot of fictional reading. Let's just say that the zombies show up and we're in a, in a, a post-apocalyptic situation. The first thing that you're not going to need anymore is money. Because we'll be able to gather what we need. We'll have to hunt and peck for it. We'll have to trade. It will have no value. 
There'll be no banks. There'll be no ATMs. There'll be no debit card transactions. There'll be no merchants to be able to spend it on. And even if you're a person with a skill set or you have things like that, we're not going to need it because we can't do nothing with it. We can't go and trade it to someone else for something. We're going to have to trade it for goods, services, one-on-one. It's only in today's modern society where it has a use. It can't... We take away the the system, the man-made system that we've created, it can't feed you. It can't put a roof over your head. It can't make you more powerful. If we devalutize the money, if we were to see someone in the same situation that's in Dorn and Gold, they now have no elevated status because we are all equalized by the situation that we would be in. That at this point, that not money would be the, the grand thing. That will make you better, but your skill set, your abilities, your God-given talent. So we base ourselves on the gold system. So... You know, we had the big gold rush. People went out west, started painting for gold, and we'd collect these things up, and people would carry it around in, in bags. They forged them into coins. We see this in the Word of God. We see that when Peter is talking about needing to pay his, his tribute, his taxes, and Jesus tells him to go, Catch a fish and they'll find it in the fish's mouth. It's a coin. And he looks at that coin and he says, asks Peter, said, who's on that coin? And he says, well, Caesar. And he says, give Caesar what is his. We see evidence of that. That is, is man. This is man's system. It's not of God. It's not of heaven. It's man's system. So uh, we decided that it's not practical to, to carry around a bunch of gold. So we make what they call a banknote, as we might call today as our, our current currency, our dollar system. And used to be that this paper that we carried around with us represented a certain amount of gold that you could go essentially could trade paper for the actual product. But man and our, our politicians with their carelessness and their, their overspending and overindulgence has ruined that system because we just print out more paper. We make more paper so that that paper, even though there's more of it, it represents less. Because now it takes much more of that paper to represent the value of this gold.
What's my point in all this? We lust. We have such a drive for something that has no practical value. But then when we have something that has practical life-changing value, salvation, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, all these things that we need so desperately to have in our lives, we call that foolish. But we look to paper. We look to a bunch of numbers tied to a, a bank account. You know, you go and you make a deposit at the bank. They're not taking that and putting it in a special box just for you. They're just putting numbers into a system, into a computer. A computer tells you that you're worth this much. And we do so many things for the love of money. It's our, our driving force. Why do, we, why do we go to college? So we can get a better job. Why do we want a better job? So we can make more money. When is it ever enough? When is it ever enough? Ecclesiastes 5 and 10. He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that love abundance with increase. This is also vanity. We have a debate in this modern world that if, if capitalism really a good system, then we need to change it some, to something else and to distribute the wealth more evenly. Well, this is definitely a, a two-edged sword in, in much of a division of debate. And my first response is, is that the people that are demanding this division, what are their motivation? Because for many of them is, is that they simply do not want to work. They just want to receive they want to have things given to them, and they don't want to put any effort into it. You know, God did not intend us just to sit idly by and not do anything. Adam, in paradise, in the Garden of Eden, he had duties to attend to. He was to, to tend to the garden. He was in control of it. He kept it going. He named all the animals. He had things to do to keep him busy. He tended to the garden. And then when man fell, part of that curse is that man would have to work by the sweat of his brow to be able to have his needs provided for. He wants to eat. He has to work. Now God does not forsake us nor abandon us and he will see us through and help us 
and carry through and help us along the way with these things. He will provide for us. But we have to do our part. We are not just to sit there and contribute nothing to ourselves, society, and God and then just receive. That is not the plan for God. But then you have to wonder on the other side. I commend successful people. People just took initiative and hard work to, to build something, to build a career, to build a company, to be successful, to be able to have abundance. But what really determines from that point is, is the character and what they do with their abundance. I was looking at the, the salaries or the income of some of these successful people. And they said that the, the founder of Amazon, that uh, if he was to divide up his work week in a normal 40-hour work week, like the rest of us would do, that he would be making somewhere in the neighborhood of $63 million an hour. That's astronomical. And then you, you look at, at shows like Shark Tank and the investors there, they're worth millions and billions of dollars, and yet they're still trying to build more. They have more money than they can ever spend in a lifetime. And then we, we see some that are, are so fugal with what they have that is, it's a, a game to see how much little that they can get a buy with. But we don't see we don't see charity. We don't see giving. We don't see helping. We just see greed. Especially when we see that they use extreme measures to make sure that they are maximizing every dollar. They cut breaks, they cut hours, that their employees are second rate, that there are a, a spendable and replaceable item that if they're not working correctly, that someone else can take their place. I can remember times when I worked in the secular field being told just that. Well, if you don't like it, if you don't like the way we do things, you can always go somewhere else. We don't care about things like commodity, retention, it's all about the bottom line. Our healthcare system is a prime example of this. They try to 
maximize profits. Other countries from all different directions, they look at us and our healthcare system and they, they shake their heads and they question why, why things have to be so expensive. Here in the United States, we prescribe more pharmaceuticals than anywhere else in the world. And there's places with a lot more people than us. But that's where the, the profit lies. Healing people is not profitable. Organic healing is not profitable. But synthetic drugs are. We have doctors that prescribe not what is, is best, not what is work in the past, but what gives the best results from the representative that sells the drugs? And what's going to give the bonus? What's going to give the kickback? Thousands and thousands of dollars for tests that take mere minutes to perform. Heaven forbid that you need an ambulance ride or worse yet, a helicopter ride. Thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars for one helicopter ride. Families every day have to make the determination whether they're going to buy medication or they're going to buy food. For the love of money. And these examples is where the system needs work, it's broken. I'm all for rewarding hard work. But I'm not for sacrificing others for personal gain. Politicians might claim that they're there to help, that they want to make a difference, that they want to see real change. Show me a broke politician. Show me one that don't have net worth of millions of dollars, that don't have multiple homes behind walled fences. It's not always about the salary, but about the advantages, about the influence and about the insider information. 
for the love of money. And it seems like that we all have our price. And some of us is higher and some of us has a, a much lower threshold. And it's not always due to, to just morals. It's just sometimes due to situationals. And we get so desperate. And just a, a little bit would change things so much. That makes that temptation so great. That's what Satan does. He just puts that pressure on us, that pressure on us, that pressure on us. And then he adds that temptation. So walking in and robbing that bank might seem like a good idea. Cheating that company might be a good idea. Committing the fraud might be a good idea. Because just a little bit would, would make a change. And then little by little, you know, we, we, we cheat the system just a little bit. You know, a politician may start off good and, and really have a plan in place, really want to make a difference, but then they get a little taste and a little bigger taste. And pretty soon that love of the money is the driving force behind everything that they do. We need so much help right here, right now. Because of our, our love of money, because we've printed so much, we see astronomical pricing. Every family is feeling it. Everyone is starting to have to make decisions about what we need and what we want and what we can do without. But yet we keep pumping thousands upon millions of dollars to foreign countries, to projects that don't matter. How much of this could be given back to us? They ask for affordable health care. And they create this act. Why don't you just provide it? Why don't we play around with that budget and all the money that we give to other countries that nobody else does? That nobody else does. And nobody else would do it for us if we needed it. Instead of focusing on the agenda of the day, instead of focusing on museums and other things that have no impact on humans, on the day-to-day -day lives, if we could take all that and invest it back into our people. We were talking about Student debt and how it needs to be erased and forgiven. No, what it should be is not there, period. 
there's places overseas that you can attend college for free. You graduate high school, you go to college because the government pays for it. Their government pays for it. But what do we do? We pay other people's governments. Because that is what pads the lawmakers' pockets. There's where the kickbacks come from. It's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what gives the highest profit margin for the love of money. And how many of us will be in the same situation? How many of us will be tempted? Face it, many of us are walking around with not much of a moral compass to start off with. Very few people are hearing my words today. Churches are empty today. And the messages being taught are not very good. We are morally bankrupt. So how much temptation does it take? How many $100 bills have to be laid down before you? And it's real easy to justify it because we keep getting cheated and kicked and abused day after day after day. And it's easy to say, I deserve it. I need it. I want it. But you know that nothing that we accumulate here, no matter how much we have, no matter what the number in the bank account says, no matter how many piggy banks we can fill up, it's not going to change our status in heaven. And we're going to have to answer for these things. Imagine standing before God. You was blessed with all this abundance. What did you do with it? There was a story in the, in the Bible and the lady, she gives her her last two coins as an offering. And it says that she is the most blessed because she gave everything that she had. Where the rich guy, he just throws in a little bit. The church, I did treasury for a number of years and I would take up the offering and I would sort through it and count it and put it in the bank. And it's some of the, the worst bills that you see, you get the the ones that were written on and crumpled up and looked like they were found in a storm drain. And it's always the smallest ones, the ones and the fives. Very a rarity did you see a $100 bill. Because we give just what we think we can get by with. Just enough so when the eyes are passing by, we can see us dropping something in there, not knowing exactly what it is. Just to put on that show. Maybe get a few points in with, with God.
because we got to hoard up the rest of it and keep it because we love it. Money's not going to buy your way into heaven. And it's not going to buy you nothing when you get there because it's not going to be there. It's not coming with you. It's not of that world. It's going to stay here in this one and it's going to burn. God doesn't need it. In heaven, the streets are paved with gold. He has such an abundance of it. He can make roads out of it. And it's pretty and shiny to look at. We need to think about what we're doing and what our true master is. And are we just simply serving something that doesn't matter?